Hello and thanks for downloading episode 55 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. We really appreciate it. All opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. After... across the edge of the box and the header comes in that's a good save low down to his right hand side from Carson and Morgan just about get the clearance done free kick taken towards the left hand tip of the box that might be everybody James Brophy does well to keep it in oh and Owen oh, that was a what a save that is another one from Trevor Carson Joe Ironside looked for all the world of three yards out was just going to tap it in for his 15th goal of the campaign and Super Trev spreads himself and blocks his path what a stop once more Greg Lee Infield to Phillips, first time fizzes it into the feet of Connolly, first time ball to Wilding and then Connolly on the overlap, that's a lovely knock and Dylan Connolly's bearing down on goal here, ball across into the path of Stockton and it's cleared off the line, and an Arthur Nahua, that one saved on the line as well by Mitoff, great double chance there for Morecambe, initial effort from Cole Stockton, cleared from near the goal line, fell for Nahua, his rasping left-footed drive is palmed away by the Cambridge keeper, Dimi Mitoff. Just about to say he looks like a revitalised player does Afanahua, especially in these last couple of weeks and he gets a chance to almost give us a leader but you know what Dimitar Mitoff's about, he's a fantastic goalkeeper at this level. Jacob Badeau and then Gibson tries to find, oh Adam Phillips in a bit of space with a oh. first time snapshot who's going to be disappointed there is Philo because he did really well to bring it down, great ball from Gibson to find him inside the area brought it down and his snap half volley straight at the keeper, disappointing. Really disappointing, especially with the angle we've got here, we're right behind it as the ball comes into the box by Gibbo, absolutely fantastic work recycling it to, to get it back into the penalty area. You're just thinking he gets enough time to get a touch on it and get a half volley away and you're thinking just put it into the corner and he doesn't do that and, and Mitov makes an easy save. It's going to come back once more by Lloyd-Jones though, Brophy down this left-hand side for Cambridge. Bit of space to perhaps run into on the left-hand tip of the penalty area. Harvey Nibs turns and shoots. It takes a deflection. It might be forced in. It's forced in from close range. And the Flysman's flag stays down. And Sam Smith gives Cambridge United the lead on the 42nd minute. And that was a little bit unlucky, to be fair, to Morecambe. Initial shot came in. It was blocked away. But it fell nicely three yards out. And Sam Smith flashes it past Trevor Carson to make it Cambridge United 1, Morecambe nil. And they have looked really dangerous when they've been going forward. A couple of good saves earlier on in the half from Trevor Carson, but even Super Trev wasn't going to get near that as it was lashed home from close range. Yeah, like you said, really unlucky to, for the ball just to pop out to him. Like There was a shot blocked, it came back out to him. Trevor had almost kind of committed himself to the dive and uh, the ball landed perfectly in Smith's path. And it, like you said, he's got, uh, he would have been an unreal save to make it from there. He, he didn't on that occasion, and Smith fires home from close range. Here come Morecambe, down the left-hand side with Arthur Nahua. Infield to Connolly. Good play from Nahua to get it back to Phillips. And then through to Stockton. Cole Stockton bearing down on goal. Stockton across the keeper. Good save by Jimmy Mitoff. Stockton with the volley. Oh, that's oh! is an absolutely sensational finish for Cole Stockton's 25th goal of the season to level things up here at the Abbey Stadium and it all started actually with Jonah Younger his first touch laid it back to Morecambe up and over the top it went the first header wasn't partially cleared on the edge of the area and it's another one 
for the Cole Stockton scrapbook. A screamer of a volley, 25 yards out, over Dimi Mitoff, into the back of the net to make things all square on 69 minutes at Cambridge United 1, Morecambe 1. What another goal from Cole Stockton. The guy is absolutely, unmistakably unreal. Oh my goodness, mate. The way that he strikes a ball, you could just sense it, a proper striker's sensor to, to take it down. Not even a touch, but a straight Boom. volley Boom. into the back of Mitov's neck, giving him absolutely no chance. And all of a sudden, we talked about that little bit of a spark that needed to get us back into the game. And, and that's, that's exa it. exactly what we've got. What a goal. 25 for the season for Skull Stockton in all competitions. And another one. Just yet another one to add to the collection. And you just run out of superlatives for this man. I really do, because he just scores screamer after screamer after screamer. Houlihan for Cambridge United. Infield, it goes to Simper. Here come the use down this left-hand side into the path oh. it goes and they've given it the referee awards a penalty to Cambridge United it was just a slide draw pass through to Harvey Nibs he's not being afraid to go to ground throughout the whole of this game and he went to ground again there Nibs hits the deck and the referee awards Cambridge United a penalty just 60 seconds after Morecambe have equalised I'll say my view was partially obscured by a stanchion here at the main stand as well but I saw Nibs just go to ground the referee no hesitation whistle to his lips and pointed straight to the penalty spot and after getting back on terms a chance for Cambridge to retake the lead from 12 yards it's going to be the used top scorer Joe Ironside with the responsibility Fourteen goals to his name already this season. Whistle goes. Ironside smashes it straight down the middle to restore the lead for Mark Bonner's men. Just a couple of minutes after Cole Stockton's wonder strike had put the shrimps back on terms. Nibs wins the penalty and it's smashed home for Joe Ironside's 15th goal of the season to make it Cambridge United 2, Morecambe 1. Fane leaves it for Shane McLaughlin. He's going to come wide and then he's going to cross it in with his right foot. That's a very decent ball, you know, flips battling for it. And then the shot came in from Joan Ringer blocks away. Put it full for Cole Stockton, up and over the keeper it goes. And that's a really good effort from Cole Stockton. And that had Demon Mitoff backpedalling. And he does well, the Cambridge keeper, to just about tip it over the bar for a corner. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimp's Verdict on Beyond Radio. Uh, Ryan Daly, Head of Media and Communications at Morecambe Football Club alongside me. That's a tough one to take overall. Yeah, definitely. I think they were probably slightly the better side today, uh, Cambridge. I, thought, I think it was a, an even game as such in terms of I didn't think there was much quality on show, but uh, when the goals and opportunities did come, obviously they got a slight bit of luck for the ball just to sit up perfectly for Smith to fire into the back of the net just before the break and then obviously getting the penalty, which on second viewing I don't think was. I think he's engineered the foul and the referee, Carl Boyson, has, has fell into the trap of a little bit of gamesmanship there, shall we say, from Harvey who pretty much found himself on the deck throughout the game. I think he spent more time on the floor than he did on his feet, if I'm being absolutely yeah. honest with you. However, another Cole Stockton wonder goal is in vain on this occasion, and we have to pick ourselves up and, and go to a really difficult 
drowning the valley on Good Friday. But we've got, got to look on the bright side though, Ryan, haven't we? Have to, we've had two fantastic wins. And this time seven days ago, before the Burton Albion game, we didn't believe we'd be in this position. Now, with four games to go, it's still in our hands. We are still outside of the bottom four, albeit on goal difference. But we, it, it, we can still do this. We can. Yeah, absolutely we can. And, and there's no two ways about that. We've obviously done what we've needed to do so far in winning that extra game to make sure that we get ourselves out of the relegation zone. We've got four games left. Well, obviously keep a, a big eye on Fleetwood's game in hand. I think it's against Sheffield Wednesday in a couple of uh, weeks' time, maybe even less than that. Um, and that will be an interesting one. And we leave ourselves making sure that we have to get six points out of these next two games, really, to give ourselves a, a real good chance of staying up. Um, because I feel like MK Dons, well, clearly they the, the are worth a point as, as the final whistle goes at the, um, the AFC Wimbledon ground. But we need to make sure we, we get there and we, we, we have to win, uh, I'd say, on, on Friday and on Bank Holiday Monday to, to give ourselves a real fan, fighting chance of staying up. And it's going to be really tough against uh, Charlton Athletic, isn't it? They are, in inverted commas, on the beach themselves. But uh, that said, they're, they're looking good for a, a victory against Rotherham United away from home, who are going for the title and promotion. So it's not going to be easy at all. Yeah, that's a huge result for them down there. Especially, like you said, with Rotherham... Uh, not taking full advantage of MK Don slipping up. Yes, Rotherham have got a couple of games in hand after their EFL trophy campaign. So it'll be interesting. Uh, they'll, they'll have a, both eyes firmly fixed on how uh, Rotherham play in their two games in hand as we face them. I think it is a couple of weeks away. So we have to make sure that we, uh, we get it kind of wrapped up ideally before we get to the MK Don's game but certainly before we play Sunderland on that final day we need to be home and holes really it's super tight at the bottom there isn't it super super tight and there's going to be many more twists and turns to come in the, la in the last few weeks of the season that's for sure absolutely and, and that's the unpredictability of football and that's why the EFL is a very entertaining entity it's, it, it gives quality I think the championship if you're looking further up is one of the most entertaining divisions in the world um, but I'd rather take the boringness and the, the safeness, if you can call it that. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I, and I'd rather be boring every week and make sure we stay up than being entertaining and going down. I think we were unlucky today. I think we were beating just the, the team who's a little bit better than us today. And, and we'll go again, but there's a lot to show there. We've got a lot of fight. And on another day, we might come away with a point out of that one. Cambridge United, Ryan, definitely not on the beach by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, final word. Cole Stockton another one for the scrapbook I said a few weeks ago that he started to score tap-ins as well but oh, I don't know, he might have been listening to me who knows but uh, another we run out of superlatives for this man don't we the guy is absolutely ridiculous he's, he's, there's no way you can not score goals and not be, be liked and loved I think I think he's Morecambe's second highest scorer I think uh, in, in all yeah, behind, behind Kevin Allison yeah. in the club's history so yeah. he's obviously he knows his club well it's his third spell I think overall but uh, what a player he knows he, where the ball's going to drop he's got that eye for goal whether it's from two yards out or 22 yards out he's, he's absolutely unbelievable and he was unlucky today to not end up with another goal to add to the bank but a point to take with it Ryan Daly, Head of Media and Communications at uh, Morecambe Football Club. We always appreciate your company. Thank you so much indeed. We'll speak to you next time. On the way on the Shrimps Verdict podcast, my chat with Louis Mendez. Louis is a reporter for BBC Radio London covering Charlton Athletic and also 
hosts the Charlton Live Fans Football Podcast as well. Fascinating chat with Louis ahead of our trip to the Valley this coming Friday. Full match commentary, of course, as ever on Shrimps Live. Good Friday from 2.45 on Beyond Radio and also on iFollow. Let's get some reaction uh, to the action from the Abbey Stadium. I have looked at the highlights. I've slowed it down. I've zoomed in. And it's very clear to me that Greg Lee didn't touch the Cambridge United player Harvey Nibs. I'm not saying the Cambridge player dived, by the way. I think he just stumbled and and went to ground and the referee gave a penalty. But how many more times are we going to have a crucial decision go against us this season? Let's find out the thoughts of defender Jacob Bedeau after an extended post-match interview with manager Derek Adams. And this includes some fascinating thoughts from Derek towards the end of what he had to say, which you will not have heard or read anywhere else. I thought that um, we were better than Cambridge today. I thought that um, the chances that uh, we created, we had better moments than Cambridge throughout the, the 90 minutes. We had better play than Cambridge. We scored a really good goal. We got a penalty that's questionable. Uh, but over the 90 minutes, um, you know, you see the amount of chances that he created. More chances than Cambridge did throughout the 90 minutes. Better opportunities, the blocks that they had. Um, I didn't think that they deserved the three points today. It's simply a case of they took a couple of their opportunities, you didn't? Well, they got one opportunity from the referee, which he gave a penalty kick. My players say that it wasn't uh, a penalty. Um, the player got across uh, our defender and fell to the ground. Uh, and our player then was going across him, but uh, there was no contact. It might have looked that from the position the referee was in, and it might have looked that from various positions, but um, it, there was no contact on it. But in the first half, we probably could have had a couple of penalty kicks ourselves. And uh, I think that... You know, if you look back to the game against Bolton where we've been told that the penalty kick we should have had against Bolton would have made it 2-0 uh, and there would have been a sending off for their man. We've already been told that today. If they don't score a penalty kick, they don't score again in the game and we get another point. So when these big moments happen in games, then it causes us a problem uh, and uh, that's the hard thing to take. Is that a case of when you're down at the bottom end of the table, those kind of things do tend to go against you? Well, it shouldn't. Um, you should be you know, able to um, make decisions uh, based on the game, and, and I don't think that uh, that does happen. I don't think that you know, anyone looks at a team at the bottom of the table or uh, towards the middle of the table, but uh, you know, today uh, we didn't get uh, the big decisions in the game, and we probably should have done better when we've had some really good goal-scoring opportunities in the first half. You know, Connolly's ripped his full-back uh, a number of times in the first half and we've got balls in. They've blocked some really good uh, shots in the game uh, and we just feel over the 90 minutes we deserve to win. The penalty kick came at a time as well when you just equalised and Cole Stockton with an absolutely fabulous strike. I mean, there can't be too many better goals than that scored this season. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, last year we came to Cambridge and they got... Uh, a dubious penalty kick, later told that it wasn't a penalty kick. They should have had a sending off the last time we were here, we were told, and they didn't get one. So maybe, you know, coming to Cambridge uh, is a problem for us. But uh, the goal from Cole Stockton was outstanding, you know, to get us back into to the match, to make it 1-1. Uh, and really gave us that, you know, belief that we could probably could go on and win the game. But, you know, quickly after that, we, we give away a penalty. And we still have, you know, some good opportunities later on. 
two games coming up over the Easter weekend. Uh, you go to Charlton first. Uh, they've been very inconsistent this season. What, what do you make of Charlton? What do you make of them as, as a side? They're an excellent football club and uh, you know, a football club that uh, you know, should be in the Championship. And uh, that's you know, where they are. They've got excellent players. They've got one of the best squads in, the, in this division. Just said to uh, Jacob, you, you've got after that three really big teams who many people would have looked at before a ball was kicked this season and thought they were amongst the favourites for a promotion. Given that you're now fighting for survival, does that help you in some respects or does that put more pressure on them? I don't think it puts pressure on them, but you know, they're at the right end of the table and uh, we're not at this moment in time. And we've got, you know, some tough games to play. We just feel that, um, you know, over the last game or this game we should have had more points than we got out the game but we've got some you know difficult fixtures to go to we've got to go to London twice to play MK Dons and uh, Charlton and then we've got you know Portsmouth and Sunderland at home we've got the hardest running of any of the teams and uh, we have to you know pick up the points that we require Thanks very much Derek Thank you Derek this isn't over is it by a long way it's not over Well we've got four games to go the same as everyone else and uh, you know we're sitting just outside um, the relegation zone uh, at this moment in time but we just feel that um, we should have more points than we do today and uh, that's the hard thing That psychological advantage though of being above that bottom four line granted it's only by one goal on the goal difference but that could be significant going forward I have said that you know and um, you know, it's the first time you know, we've been out of that zone since you know December. Obviously, came here uh, in February, and we were in the, the relegation zone. So we've been able to get out. Can we keep ourselves out? It, you know, time will tell. But we'll still need, you know, to find a victory uh, from somewhere, and uh, we'll obviously need to find uh, probably another, you know, couple of points as well. Is there a points target, Derek? Do you have one privately or within the squad, or, or how many do, do we need? Well. The points target's always to have one more point or one more goal than the, the opposition, and uh, <laughs> uh, that's uh, always the case. So um, I don't think that's going to. My points total is not going to make any difference. The points total we have at the end of the season is one that we're going to have, uh, but we just feel that you know today um, there has been a, a points that have, we've missed out on uh, because of maybe poor finishing uh, not defending well enough for the first goal and, and maybe not getting a, a decision from the referee uh, for that penalty kick and penalty aside Greg Lee played it right back today um, and how do you think he did? Yeah I mean we obviously changed the, the team from the other night because Ryan McLaughlin was out injured and uh, you know we felt that uh, you know putting Greg in the would help us you know physically Thanks for having cheers Miscarriage of justice aside the spirit you're seeing from your side including right at the end there where you almost nicked it again with another specky from Cole, must lift you as a manager just away from the disappointment of a poor call by the ref. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, the hard thing for, for me as a manager is, is when you don't get results that you deserve and uh, that's the, the disappointing thing because we all know in life uh, and, and football, a supporter, a board of directors, a manager always look at results and the only thing that matters in life is the result I've been at Bradford City remember and uh, you know we drew a lot of games that we should have won but nobody looked at that they only looked at the result and uh, that's all that happens in life you only look at a result you don't look at 
the performances of the players, you don't look at the chances you created, nobody gives a jot about anything else other than result. And people will say Cambridge have won two one today. I don't know how many was in here today, one thousand, one thousand five hundred. You know, they these are the only people that can judge the game. The thousands and thousands that sit in an armchair that pick up the 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 newspaper, the look on the television and, and see the result. They only see it's two one for for Cambridge I could stand here all day and tell you how well we've played the chances we've created I did the same you know many times nobody gives a jot what I say it's only the results business I, I hope the 217 that travelled will know what the team have given because to me that was one of the most spirited performances I've seen from an opposition side here and they certainly merited something yeah I mean I don't think that we look aside that are in the bottom zone and yeah, uh, I yeah. think that uh, we look like a side that's uh, got aspirations and play that could be further up the league we haven't got a break at this moment in time but if we keep that togetherness and willingness to do well between now and the end of the season we've got four huge games, we, we understand that but if you keep that going and keep that belief then we'll give ourselves a really good opportunity. Jacob uh, ultimately a disappointing afternoon for you um, yeah, I think so. I think once Cole scores that unbelievable goal, I think there was a real chance for us to get something from the game. Um, I'm not sure if it was a penalty or not. I think he, he's given it very quickly, um, but we, we never seem to have luck with the referees in this league anyway. Um, but yeah, it's a disappointing result. But I think come the start of the week, if you'd have said we get two wins um, out of those three games, I think we'd have, we'd have snatched a hand off probably. Um, so we've got to just stay positive go into Charlton and Portsmouth at home and any home game for us is massive because of the crowd there, the support we get and Charlton away would be similar to this probably um, and we've just got to stay positive Particularly disappointing isn't it when you got back on level terms, it was such a great goal by uh, Cole Stockton and then within two minutes uh, the penalties awarded and, and that was a killer blow wasn't it because 1-1 you know, for a few minutes the game stays level. You'd have fancies your chances of going on and winning, really. Yeah, um, I think we'd have had a great chance at winning or at least taking something from the game because they didn't create many chances. They had the ball around our box a lot, but they didn't create any clear cut ones. Um, so the penalty is disappointing, obviously. I think the, uh, the referee give it very quick, like I said, but we've just got to go again and um, just stay positive. And, and keep backing each other and keep going. What was the uh, reaction in the dressing room to the penalty? Did, did any of the lads sort of give an opinion about it? Did they feel that it was extremely harsh? Um, I think I think it was harsh, personally. I think Greg feels he, d- he didn't touch him. Um, I think the ball's in, in Trevor's hands anyway. I think he's, he's thrown himself to the floor, really, hoping for one, and the refs... refs bought it basically so it's one of those I think when we come away from home we're always quite unlucky um, mine against Shrewsbury I don't think was a penalty either um, and stuff like that away from home it's always going to happen um, and we've got to work on not getting in those positions where we're turning in the box or or defending our box so deep I think maybe we have to keep a higher line In terms of Cole Stockton's goal have you seen many better volleys than that yourself? I haven't, no. It's one to add to his, his collection this season. Um, I was right behind it, and it was, uh, was a very nice nice finish. But he's, he's got that in him, on the volley, on the floor, whatever, however it comes into him. He's obviously a class striker with the amount of goals he's scored this season. 
and um, hopefully we have a big part to play in the, in the running. You've already touched on the fact two back-to-back victories prior to today. You've put yourself back in the mix for, for survival this season. You're now level on points with, with Fleetwood and uh, Gillingham. You're just out of the, uh, the bottom four. It really is nip and tuck and it's going to go all the way to the wire, isn't it? Yeah, it could well do. I think we've just got to focus on ourselves. Um, a week ago, we were two points adrift, I think. So now we're, we're level with those teams and we've just got to believe in ourselves, believe in our ability. We're, we're a good side when we're on it. Today we created some good chances and there's some cleared off the line, some good blocks by them. So we've just got to believe in ourselves, go to Charlton away and be positive and, and get that result. And Portsmouth at home, like I said, is, is a massive game. And then we've got two games after that to go and get results. So we've just got to keep fighting. And Charlton, a team that have had inconsistency problems throughout the season. Yeah, um, it's been one of those seasons for them, I think. Um, but but we have to focus on ourselves, like I said. And um, go in there, it'll be a nice pitch for us to play on, for, for like Az and, and Philo to get on the ball. And it, it probably suit us quite well, so we've just got to go there and be positive. Final, so af- after the, the Charlton game, then you've got three teams who many people prior to the season taking place would have looked at as favourites for promotion. Some really big games there. Does that play into your favour or does that make it even more tricky in a sense? I think every game in this league is tough. I think today Cambridge made it tough and they've, they've not got anything to play for at this stage in the season. Um, so I think any team can beat any team in this league. I think Tuesday night showed it against Oxford, which is probably the best footballing team we've played all year especially for me I think their movement was great but we went and beat them 2-1 um, and there's no reason we can't go and beat MK Dons which is a similar side and then Sunderland at home last day of the season being at home last day is always going to be massive with that sort of support behind us so we've just got to stay positive and, and uh, try and pick up these results Just one final one that confident that you're going to beat the drop this season yeah? Yeah I believe so I think we've got a, a solid team like I said we had a bad week before the international break but we've regrouped and and I think we're we're really together at the moment even today we lost the game but everyone's together and if if everyone's together we've got a good chance now a Morecambe double header over the Easter bank holiday weekend Portsmouth the visitors to the Mazuma Stadium on Easter Monday but another very tough assignment for Derek Adams men on Good Friday of course Shrimps Live will be there at the Valley for full match commentary of Charlton against Morecambe on Good Friday from 2.45 if you're not heading down and I know the trains are horrendous so it might be a bit tough but the coach travel that's been subsidised by the club might just help you out but if you're not going uh, you can uh, stick us on on Beyond Radio on FM on DAB Plus and via iFollow of course as well for the whole game live look forward to your company then uh, now ahead of the game I've been talking to Louis Mendez Louis is a broadcaster and uh, presenter with BBC Radio London follows Charlton Athletic home and away and he also hosts the Charlton Live Fans Podcast as well go and check that out loads of great stuff about the addicts and some previews about uh, the Shrimps game coming up on Friday, Louis, the ideal person to get the full lowdown on all things Charlton Athletic, then ahead of our trip to the Valley this coming Friday. Louis, thanks very much for jumping back on again. We really appreciate your time. Before we get on to matters on the field, uh, tell us everything we need to know about Charlton Live and everything else that you get up to. Yeah, uh, well, so Charlton Live is our, uh, our fan-run podcast that, that I host. Um, uh, we go out twice weekly, so we do a preview of the weekend and, and then on, on a Sunday evening we do a, a look back at the weekend uh, 
uh, yeah, it's a pretty miserable show at the moment, to be fair. But yeah, that's what we do. We, we've been recording that. I've been on the show for about 10 years now. Um, chatting Charlton is obviously my favourite thing to do. And then, uh, yeah, on, on the weekends at the games, I'm normally uh, working for BBC Radio London. So doing a few few updates on the radio and uh, doing the post-match interviews and that, then typing them up for South London Press Paper as well. So I sort of cover 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 it from all bases for the addicts, really. So, yeah, that's what I'll be doing on uh, on Friday as well. I'll be there doing the, hopefully, I think, just reports, I think, for the Morgan game. And, uh, yeah, big big game for you guys, not for us, not for us. We'll come on to that in a sec, uh, Louis, if we may. Uh, the ideal man to talk to, then, I suppose, the podcast itself, it, it, it's a good listen. It's a, it's a proper all-encompassing listen, isn't it? Because you've got highlights, you've got interviews, you've got reaction, you've got songs, there's, there's all sorts going on. Yeah, we yeah we try and cover all bases. So uh, yeah, we're we're lucky enough because I do get to do uh, the, the post match interviews. So I, I know I know you guys do as well. But in terms of club podcasts, I think we, I think we're quite lucky that we get post match reaction from a manager and sometimes a player as well if we win. Um, so yeah, we, we we have quite good access there just just because of the, the amount of people involved in it who've been doing this sort of stuff for years. We're uh, we're quite well entwined with the, with the people we need to know. So we're lucky to to get close up to that and. Uh, you know, we like to get as much fan reaction on as well as possible. So for most most games, uh, a couple of the boys will go into the pubs after to to pick up some fan reaction, or I'll, I'll grab some for for some away games sometimes. Um, and obviously, fans are more than welcome to tweet an email in as well because we like to get a range of views. The worst thing would be if it was just me giving my view on it over and over. That's why we're lucky that loads of fans like to interact with the show as well. And because and we've been going for a while now, we've got quite a good little base of people who who like to get involved. So, yeah, I, I always find it really interesting as well because sometimes I see the game differently to other people. So it's nice to get nice to get a wider variety of reactions. Yeah, I joined the club on that one. I, th- I think most games I completely disagree with most of the fan base, but uh, you know, that's the way it goes, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we've had we've had loads of run-ins like that over the years. <laughs> <laughs> now it seems an absolute eternity ago, Louis. The last time uh, we, we played each other at the Mazuma earlier in the season, quite an entertaining two-all draw on the night. But um, lots has happened since then for both clubs. Yeah, it, it's funny, isn't it? Really, like I remember that game quite well, and, and Charlton started like an absolute house on fire um, before fading away. And actually, it, it sort of sums up. Johnny Jackson's time in charge uh, since uh, since then quite nicely. You know, that was still during his caretaker period. Um, and uh, it wasn't that long after. It, it was pretty much that day that I found out that Jacko was going to be given the, the job full-time. Although it was another three or four weeks until that was actually officially confirmed due to all the wrangling that has to go on with, with uh, getting contracts sorted in the background. But um, yeah, since, since uh, Jacko's taken over, form's fallen off a bit. We've had injury problems as well, but... Yeah, it's been a really disappointing running. And when you consider how badly it had gone at the start of the season for the Addicts, um, you know, that's why we're in this position now where, where the season's as good as over. Obviously, for Morecambe, uh, well, light at the end of the tunnel, I guess it's fair to say. Um, and I mean, I was at, we, we played Wimbledon on Tuesday. So I was there at the, at the Wimbledon game. And I don't know, if I was a Morecambe fan, I'd, I'd be confident at this moment in time because I, I've i seen Wimbledon not really be able to turn a little bit of dominance in, in the closing stages into three points and obviously we're, we're well aware of that run that they're on at the moment um, so it suggests to me that they're not going to be in the best position to turn it around obviously they've got that new manager in which might make it a, a bit different but yeah since since then for Morecambe I think yeah like I say I, f- I think you must be feeling a little bit more positive for Charlton you know that was uh that was the glory days of the Johnny J- Jackson caretaker era. Uh, you know, now now we're just 
you know, just waiting for the season to end so we can have a proper crack at, at next year, if, if that will be how things turn out. So kind of a season in three parts then, really, Louis. A, a terrible start, then some optimism. Jacko gets the job permanently. Things happen it's, it's, and it's, it's not quite panned out as you anticipated or, or, or has it? Well, I suppose it, overall it must be a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, the, the season as a whole is a, a massive disappointment because this time last year, you know, we were we were going for playoffs and we're thinking, well, if we don't make it, you know, we've got this new owner in who's going to go going to enter his proper his first proper summer transfer window. You know, he, he took over right at the very end of the last one and with a wage cap in place, they just just got what we could in, in, into the building and and didn't finish too far off the playoffs. There was only goal difference last season. We thought, right, this summer, this is where we're going to act. Um, but as the summer rolled on, it became clear that we weren't, um, I, I don't know, we weren't, we weren't buying a squad that felt like it was going to compete to to get promotion, especially by the time the season started. We were miles off it. Um, we, we filled it up by the end of the year. But you know, as you mentioned, that that first 13 games on Nigel Atkins were so dreadfully disappointing. We only won two out of those first 13. Uh, and he was sacked in October when we were in the relegation zone. Now, I think Johnny Jackson started so well. So his nine-game caretaker run, I think we won six and drew two and only lost one. Um, so with with that momentum, so we, we had cut what was a 13-point gap to the playoffs down to eight with, with that run. So it felt like an amazing run to only cut the, the gap by five points. Mm. And then you, we went on like a two-game losing streak and it was back to 14 points. So it actually showed that Whereas maybe we were getting a bit carried away with the little run we we're on, the, the the task to actually catch up with those top six sides, you, you have to consider not only how far away you are in terms of points, but also the, the sheer amount of teams in between where we were. So any slip up was going to be punished because there was, of, of the seven or eight teams between us and the playoffs, at least two or three of them were going to win, weren't they? So it just showed how hard it was. So I think realistically, when Jacko took over, the playoffs was never really an option, unfortunately, just because of how far away we were. You know, I mean, we were 22nd when he took over. Staying up was the, the immediate uh, priority, which we, I mean, it was clear we were going to do that pretty quickly. Uh, although there has been a bit of a wobble, I'd say, but that was, that again, that was put to bed recently. But yeah, I, I think we all got swept up a little bit in, in the excitement of where we were. I don't think anyone saw it going quite as badly as it has done since then. Uh, like I say, I think injuries have played a part in that because um, when we've recovered from injuries, we've, we've looked a bit better. Although I would then say the last couple we've been, well, certainly Wimbledon last game, I don't think we we're all that. Um, there's a few talking points from that game, which I'm sure we can come on to later as to why uh, we, we didn't look like winning. But yeah, I think in terms of expectation levels, start of the season, thought we'd get into playoffs. When Jacko took over, just hoped to stay up. Then that run went on and thought, oh, maybe we've got a chance. But then quite quickly it became... Uh, quite obvious how difficult it would have been to make the playoffs. And now, I don't know, what's the aim? Top half finish? The aim is just surviving to the end of the season so we can start again. Make sure all the beach towels are freshly laundered for uh, the end of the the month. Yeah, and uh, was it P45s as well for half the (laughs) squad, I'd say, Um, when when the rebuild starts. So, yeah, there's... uh, there is a case to, I mean, there are things that need to be achieved between now and the end of the season. Like Jacko wants to play to a specific formation, a specific style. So there's players who need to learn their roles still in that. There's players who still need to prove themselves. Uh, you know, there, there were there are players who were, for example, Ryan Innes on Tuesday night, given an opportunity to prove himself. 
Uh, and, and the fact that the video of him getting sent off has literally gone viral um, suggests that maybe he hasn't quite proven himself in the, in the, in the way we wanted to. Like, he got mentioned on the Football Ramble podcast and like, yes. all the big, all, yeah, all the big Slightly podcasts. Slightly heavy so, touch. Yeah, heavy, slightly heavy touch, slightly <laughs> heavy challenge. So my, my theory was he thought that AFC Wimbledon was still playing at Kings Meadow and he had to make the challenge over there. And that's why he dived about 50 yards. But yeah, um, so I mean, he, but he was a, a good example of, of a player. And there are a number of them who between now and the end of the season has to try and earn a new contract. Um, and yeah, ho- hopefully some other ones will do a bit better than what he did on Tuesday. So what's changed for both clubs then, Louis, in the months from our last encounter. Tell us everything we need to know then about Johnny Jackson's current Charlton Athletic uh, team formation, wants to watch, if there are any ones to watch, uh, what do we need to know? Yeah, I mean, so formation is an easy one because it's 3-5-2 every game without fail. Uh, and that has, I mean, that that becomes a bit of a bugbear for some of the supporters when, when we go through patches where we're not winning games. They say he's too rigid tactically. But then, I mean, my, my, my argument is that, but then we do win games playing that and there are very successful teams in this league who play three at the back. Um, you know, I think people are suggesting, well, maybe we haven't really got the personnel for it and that's why we went through these games losing. But also we did win quite a few games with this formation. Um, and the... The really rough patch. We went through a game. I think we went through a. We lost five in a row recently, and then went seven overall without winning. And that was without our best players. And then when our best players came back, the likes of Stockley and Washington up front, Corey Blackett, Taylor uh, out wide, we started winning games again. And all of a sudden, that formation wasn't a problem. Um, so yeah, the, the three-five-two is a formation. As, as I say, I think the injury crisis we did suffer did cost us quite a lot. We were forced to play a really, you know really young striker up front on his own, uh, well alongside. A pretty useless striker, unfortunately. Uh, Mason Burso playing alongside Jonathan Lico, which really didn't work. We weren't a goal threat for the majority of those games. Um, and then when when the other two came back, we start we started looking more like scoring goals. Funny enough, that they're, they're having a weird patch. Like Jaden Stockley's on three goals in his last three games, which is good. But he's also probably missed as many chances, if not more, in that amount of time. And Connor Washington has missed probably the same amount of chances. So that's. That's part of the frustration. Um, but they are two of the men to watch. And as I've mentioned, Corey Blackett-Taylor is my absolute standout at the moment. Um, so he's, he's a winger. He's playing in the wing-back role. But I think actually he can get up and down the pitch quite nicely. And um, there, there won't be anyone in the Morecambe side who will relish facing Corey Blackett-Taylor when he's running him with the ball because he's so quick, so tricky. He can go in and out. Um, and actually he's like uh, scored a goal the other day. I think he's had three or four goal uh, involvements over the last few weeks. So yeah, he, he's certainly up there as one of our, our men to watch recently. I suppose, Louis, if you look at where Morecambe are in the table, despite the fact you might not have very much to play for, you look on paper, you think, well, we're at home, we're at the Valley, home crowd, that's going to be an easier win. But you must be slightly worried as well by the fact that in recent games, we've been rejuvenated. We are a completely reborn since the international break. And I suppose as well, if you've got a 24-goal striker playing against you, then you have to be at least a little bit concerned. Yeah, I mean, Stockton caused us all sorts of problems at your place. You know, he won the penalty, didn't he? Um, And scored it as well, I think, if I remember rightly. But he won it off Chris Gunter. Yeah, and um, I I think one of our fears going into the game on Friday is the fact that, you know, Ryan Innes... Uh, got himself suspended, so I don't think he'll be back in time. Uh, I'm not actually 100% certain if it's a two or three game ban when it's a straight red like that. I can't remember. Um, so I have to double check that actually. But um, 
we, we've we've also just lost Sam Lavelle uh, to injury again. He's had dreadful luck, uh, and that means both times we've played Morecambe this season, he's been unable to feature, which will be a real shame for him because I'm sure he would have loved to have played in that game. But Absolutely. he's out for the rest of the season now. So whatever happens, it will look it will possibly be either a makeshift defence or or a defence of of players who aren't the first choice centre backs at the moment. So he will be a handful, and we will struggle to deal with him. That that goes without saying. Um, and as you said, you know, the, the thing about us being on the beach, I mean, I do, I do feel like I don't think they're not trying. You know, I don't, I don't think that's the case. Maybe some of them aren't quite the same levels as they would be every season. But, uh, you know, like I said, there, there are still players who have something to prove. It's, it's, it's just whether, you know, when, when, when they're out there getting bullied by Cole Stockton, whether they're that bothered about it after, after an hour of that and, and they've got to chase back again. Who, who knows how it, will, how it will turn out. But, you know, Morecambe are fighting for their lives. And we saw Tuesday when, when Wimbledon had, had that man advantage. In, in fairness, it was a two-man advantage because we, we were carrying another injury on the pitch. Ben Perrington could barely move. Um, we, we saw Wimbledon actually dominate us probably for the last 10, 15. And when their goal came, it was no surprise. And they probably could have got another one as well. So we, we know what it's like when you're playing a team who's fighting for their life. And, you know, Morecambe have, have done it to us already this season. They came back from 2-0 from down and, and they were a tough side for us to play against. Different manager, different style, completely different style of play. I think it's taken Derek Adams a few weeks to really drill in what he wants from the squad. He's the old-fashioned reverse psychology as well of the squad is thin, the squad isn't good enough, it's not as good as a squad that got promoted from League 2 when I was here first time round, all that kind of stuff. And that reverse psychology and, and drilling in the ideas has seemed to to work. We are a, we are a team reborn, so... From your point of view, Louis, can you give us hope that we can get a result? Because we probably need anything between, I don't know, four and ten points more to stay in League One. Can we get something from the Valley or is it going to be still that little step too far, perhaps? Uh, well, who, who, I, I'm never going to write anything off. You know, when, when, when a team's fighting for their life, I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to suggest that they're going to roll over when they come to the Valley. It's not, it's not the... F- not the fortress it once was. <laughs> I'll put it that way. We, we do have a couple of weird stats. I mean, it was a few weeks ago we had the most uh, home clean sheets in the league, which was a genuine shock um, because we don't tend to keep clean sheets anyway. It feels like, but yeah, we, we, we've got a couple of stats in our favour. Uh, don't like Derek Adams. I think like when it, when he was at Plymouth, um, we, we had a bit of a run in with him when we were both going for the playoffs. So I'm not. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll enjoy coming coming back to Charlton if he can remember that that little thing. I think he um, uh, when he was at Plymouth, he had a pop at one of their journalists uh, at a press conference at the Valley as well. So he's a bit of a, a prickly character. Uh, but I imagine when he's your manager, then you, you don't mind that sort of thing, and, and he will. Uh, engage that sort of fighting spirit amongst the lads which you need but hey look it's all up for grabs I mean one one thing you will enjoy as as I've already mentioned like so our finishing at the moment isn't really where it needs to be so our our last time game was against Lincoln um, and we missed so many chances and Lincoln had two chances and scored them both and I don't know if you're a fan of the XG measure and uh, I, 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 I like to use it as a guide uh, and, and that game, we absolutely battered like Lincoln on XG. And the week before at Doncaster, we had the most XG in the entire league that that Saturday. And and both games, we only scored one when really we should have scored two or three. Um, so that could be something to cling on to. If you know, we might create a lot of chances and not take them. And if, if you've got someone like Cole Stockton, who's who I imagine is taking the majority of his chances at the moment, 
uh, and obviously has the ability to do what he did at Fleetwood that time <laughs> from anywhere, um, <laughs> then, uh, then, then you might take your chances and we might not. So who knows? Well, it's the Derek Adams way, Louis. Um, low block, low possession. You'll have 70 plus percent possession, whether that turns into chances remains to be seen. But we, I think the Derek Adams way is we don't create too many chances, but the ones we do create will be good chances. And as we proved against Oxford and Burton in the last two games, we are, we've got to be clinical enough to then take those chances to, to win those games. And that's what got us promotion from lead two last season. And that is the Derek Adams way again this time round. So it's just putting the ball in the back of the net. And I suppose it's the same for both sides, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But that's, you know, that, that's a way that always works away from home. And I think Charlton fans, I, I don't know whether, whether they turn, I imagine if, they, if there's a case where we're dominating possession and not taking chances, because it has been a pretty miserable season. It's one of those ones where I think the, the away team can frustrate the home fans as well. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Like, we, we probably need something that the next couple of days. We're playing Rotherham tomorrow, which will be a tough old test. And obviously, by the time this pod comes out, we'll know how much we lost by. But um, yeah, I mean, if, if we can get something up there, that'd be a great result for us. But I do, you know, we, we need something. We, we need we need a good end to the season, just just so we can go into the summer with a little bit. I don't know momentum or a little a, li- a little bit of a better mood around the place because uh, we we don't want to end the season in the mood we're in now. Even after like it's only one defeat in five, I think after the draw against Wimbledon, but that, that draw against Wimbledon, everyone was pretty miserable. Like you know, we're questioning the stupidity of our players, we're questioning our disciplinary record at the moment. Um, you know, got like, an impressive against... collection of yellow cards, Louis, haven't you? Yeah, it was against Lincoln. So like, I mean, we have got absolutely nothing to talk about now at the Valley. So we're <laughs> desperately going through all the stats to find out if there's anything interesting. And if one of my mates pointed out to me that we were on 99 yellow cards. So I was like, oh, here we go. We can make a bit of a laugh out of this. And got made a big graphic for my Twitter page and all, all had a big song and dance about it. And sure enough, Alex Gilby gets the 100th yellow card on the Ooh. 26th minute. And we all we put the gifts out. We're all laughing and cheering. Uh, and then he gets another one five minutes later and gets sent off. And we all look like idiots. And then the next game, Ryan Innes flies into that challenge and gets himself sent off. And all of a sudden, our hilarious disciplinary record turns into something quite serious that's cost us some points. So, um, yeah, maybe... May, may, <laughs> Maybe they need to sort of keep an eye on that as well. If, there, if there's anyone in your team who's a, who's a wind-up merchant, there was a few of our players who, who've been happy to bite this season, it seems. So maybe that's something you could try as well. Uh, the wind-up merchant, uh, keep your eye on Dylan Connolly, Louis. Yeah. Uh, who's, uh, we signed him from Northampton in the window. He's, a, he's like a greyhound. He's an absolute gazelle winger. Uh, he'll play probably in a forward three with Stockton, probably Arthur Nahua. Um, but he loves to be well put himself about let's just say that so if you've got somebody who will bite then he won't be afraid to fall over put it that way <laughs> yeah yeah we have got a few unfortunately and, and and partly because frustrate like frustration is running high at the club because the season's been a disappointment and i imagine every player who came to charlton this season thought is going to be for a promotion push rather than quite you know embarrassing sort of lower lower table um fin well hopefully we're getting in the top half but it's not it's not, nothing's definite at this moment in time um so yeah frustration is running high so there, we're there to be got at in that in in that regard no oh, i suppose i suppose when you you're resorting to doing gifts of uh, the 100th yellow card of the season it's uh, yeah that tells you tells its yeah. own story i suppose it's it's been similar fashion to Doncaster Rovers having a shot of the month competition because they haven't scored a goal <laughs> you know it's one of them yeah. it? so you've got I to saw that. that was something. very good 
exactly yeah that was very good and that's the thing like it, it was it was just a bit of a laugh like but then like it backfired quite badly and because quite a few fans were upset with how the season's gone the majority of people found it funny there's a few who didn't find it that funny and, and made their feelings known to me that's just the way these things go Thanks for coming on, Lou. Really appreciate your time. Just before you go, I'm, I'm just interested to hear your views on, on this because obviously it's our first season in League One. We both watch this division week in, week out. How does this season, in terms of the quality of the sides, compare to other seasons in League One? Because it seems to me as if there are a bunch of clubs at the, the top end of the table, all of whom have legitimate claims to get promotion this season. And then there are the cluster of clubs at the bottom of which we are in that mix. And in terms of the points needed, I, I was looking at the league table and the magic 50 points is always quoted, isn't it? But it's going to be 41, 42, probably staying up this season. Are the teams at the top getting better and the teams at the bottom getting worse or is it a freak season? How, how does it compare with other League One seasons that you've seen? I'd say I'd say the teams at the top are better. Um, so... I don't think, like, in stages of last season, we were probably as bad as we've been in stages of this season. And we finished outside the playoffs on goal difference. Like, obviously, there were longer, better runs last season. But I I feel like the teams at the top are better this season. Uh, You know, your Wiggins and your MK Dons. Like, I mean, Rotherham, I thought, were excellent when they played us. Plymouth. Uh, I don't think they were great in either game, but they've had good runs. Sheffield Wednesday were a tough nut to crack. Wickham were really effective. Some Sunderland are a good team on their day. Oxford smashed us 4-0. You know, they're, they're, I'd say that amount of good teams in this league, I don't think there was this last season. Yeah. Um, but there are worse teams in this league this season than, than, than it felt like there were last season. So, like, Crew gave us a proper game last year at the Valley. I remember it. And they were they're dreadful this season. Beat us, of course, away. But... Uh, when they came to the Valley, they, they were so poor. And Doncaster got to be one of the poorest sides I've seen at this level for a long time, which is a shame. And we, we, like, even Wimbledon, you know, flat. You know, I felt, I felt sorry for them on, uh, on, on Tuesday because they had a bit of, like, spirit about them. But I just think they were lacking for long spells of that game until the last sort of 10, 15 minutes to really put us under enough pressure. Um, so, yeah, th- there are some poor teams in this division. I, I don't think I'd, I'd group Morecambe in that based on the one game I've seen them play. Obviously, that was against us at, at the Mazuma, and I, I thought they gave us a tough test, and that they, they, they weren't a Doncaster or a crew, for example. Um, so, But obviously, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen all the games, and, and you'd be able to tell me better if you, if you feel like they've been worse at, at different stages this season. But yeah, no, I think perhaps, yeah, the extremes have got more uh you know better at one end and worse at the other but yeah compared to last season i think this is a this is a tougher division than, than it was last year when you know a, a pretty average Charlton side were, were only just outside the playoffs that's certainly what it feels like from our point of view it is you've named eight or nine clubs there who could easily go up and, and and have designs on promotion only three of them are going to go up and i think that shows you the quality but then you look at the other end of the table and you look at crew on 25 points and I mean, we've got 38 points now from, from nowhere. So suddenly we're in the mix again. And, and, and that's the bizarre nature of the league. You look at Wimbledon. It took them until the 21st game of their non-winning run to drop into the bottom four. And I think that tells a, a lot about the way the season's gone. Yeah, that was absolutely remarkable. Like they, they, they lasted that long. Funnily enough, it would have, they would have dropped into the bottom four twice if Morecambe hadn't conceded a last minute equaliser <laughs> yeah. to Bolton twice because I remember both games 
both games I was keeping an eye on. One of them was a Charlton Wimbledon game. So I was reporting on radio and I said, because it was BBC London, I had to cover both clubs. I said, and Wimbledon have dropped into the bottom four. And I was like, I oh, know there's a last minute equaliser elsewhere. So that's just saved them. But so that was, that was a weird quirk. But um, yeah, the fact it's taken them that long. I mean, it, it reminds us of last season, the fact that Charlton were so poor and we were still within a chance of getting into the playoffs on the last day. I mean, so it says more about the rest of the league than, than it did of us. But um, yeah, I, that 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 lack of uh, being able to turn games into three points from from Wimbledon is is probably going to be their downfall. You know, I felt I spoke to Mark Bowen after the game on Tuesday, and you know, they, you could see that belief in them. But I, I think also he he was quite um, derogatory about how they started that game, and Charlton were all over him in the first twenty minutes. And I, I, I was like, "There's no fight in this Wimbledon side at all." At that point, they, they did show a little bit after that, so. Maybe something for them to cling on to, but whether it's enough, you know, and, and all of a sudden, you know, do, do they have a, a striker that can score goals like Cole Stockton can? Probably not. And when you're on an, a long, long run without a win, the longer it goes on, the longer it is, the harder it is to, to get out of it. I suppose same with Fleet, would they what, 15 games of that win themselves now? And those runs, really, really tough to break. As we know as well, we, we were on a 13 game run before we, we've got back to back wins. So, all to play for. Louis, give us the plug for Charlton Live one more time because obviously a lot of Morecambe fans are going to want to be jumping on to get lots of information uh, and a preview ahead of Good Friday. Yep. So, yeah, I'll, uh, our preview pod will probably be out on Wednesday this week rather than Thursday because the game's a day earlier. So just search for Charlton Live in Acast or iTunes or anywhere, anywhere like that, charltonlive.co.uk. Uh, we'll, we'll have all the preview of the, uh, of the game. Um, and, uh, yeah, then on the... S- well, actually, because it's Easter, I might not do a show after. Maybe on the Sunday, I'll do. I'll just do a little mini pod on my own and just give you the lowdown on on how we feel about that game. But yeah, definitely the preview pod will have all the details ahead of the game. Uh, and uh, yeah, all, all the Morecambe fans are more than welcome to have a listen if you want to have your say. Send us a tweet before the game. Certainly, we'll certainly give that a good plug for you as well, Louis. So, uh, the very, very finely prediction. Well, two predictions are going to ask you one uh, about the game and two. Can the Shrimps be a League One football club next season? Uh, so I, I think we'll win, just because I, I don't like to predict defeats or anything <laughs> like that. And and we do have something to prove still. So I think Charlton will maybe. I think I don't think it'll be easy. I think maybe like a like edge it like two one. Um, I still think Morecambe can stay up definitely. Uh, I, I'm just looking at the other fixtures. So Wimbledon have got it in their hands a little bit. So they they've still to play. Crew away from home and Fleetwood away from home on the penultimate day of the season, so that yeah. that will make it very interesting for them. Um, obviously, with with Morecambe's fixtures, you know, like I say, they've they've got this. T- what I would like to imagine is a tough game against us, but they've got a tough running. You oh, know, know. Cam- Cambridge to tomorrow, which we already know the result to now, but you know, Port Pompey at home, MK away, and then Sunderland at home is a tough old running. So it? It, it it's not going to be easy, but. You know, we've seen Sunderland have got the ability to lose to anyone in this league, so maybe maybe you can have a, a great last day escape. I've got a funny feeling it's all shaping up to be last day of the season, winner between Sunderland and Morecambe either gets in the playoffs or survives. I think that's it, it's yeah. all going that way. Well, I think Sun, just put Sunderland out of their misery because don't let him go in the playoffs because that's just giving them false hope because Sunderland <laughs> and the playoffs do not mix. Partly because of us, obviously, we've beaten them twice in playoff finals, but even like last season when they played Lincoln, uh, and God, I was just feeling so sorry for those Sunderland fans. So I've got a lot of respect for Sunderland fans who've been through the mill, but them and playoffs is not a happy, not, not a happy mixture. So just let Morecambe stay up and everyone's happy. 
Uh, we would certainly be very, very, very happy indeed. Louis, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it, my friend. Always a pleasure to chat. And uh, we'll uh, speak to you next time, hopefully, because hopefully we're going to be in the same division next season. Yeah, fingers crossed. I look forward to seeing you guys again soon. A massive thank you to Louis Mendez from BBC Radio London and the host of the Charlton Live Fans Podcast as well. Uh, go and check that out. Loads of great preview stuff there ahead of a very tough assignment for Derek Adams' men. Uh, this coming Good Friday, the Valley, the destination for Shrimps Live. If you're not going down to the game, full match commentary on Beyond Radio, on FM and DAB+. And also, of course, via I Follow Shrimps. Uh, we'll be on air from 2.45. Your company would be really appreciated. And thank you so much for downloading this episode of the Shrimps Verdict podcast as well. We also really appreciate that more than you'll ever know. Thanks very much indeed for listening. Have a good week. Happy Easter, if I don't speak to you before. And uh, we'll talk to you again next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.